Now back to Puck and the Gas Man. All right, welcome back to the radio program, Puck and Gas, live from the Carter Volkswagen Studios. We're breaking down the uh, the NFL draft. What a great weekend it was. And everybody that was a part of it did a great job, including our next guest who joins us on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for the best in the biz. It's Hugh Millen. Hi, Hugh. <laughs> oh, how you guys doing, man? It's uh, it's awesome to kind of look back on on uh, these picks, and and uh, everybody's an expert at this juncture, right? Let's <laughs> let's see if they can play ball. Well, I mean, that's the thing, isn't that what's next? Because I mean, I kind of I, I I laugh at all of the over analysis of this, but I understand why people are into it. But then I always forget every year. Then the draft ends. I'm like, all right, thank God, we'll have some semblance of normal. Oh nope, everybody's got to give everybody a grade. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Can we see if any of these guys can do anything first? How how do you uh, how how do you like uh, what the Seahawks did? And do you think some of these guys can play? Well, I think first of all, you know, Gas, my uh, opinion on the draft it's kind of shifted a little bit. I think. 20 years ago, which was my first half on KJR, I can't believe it. Um, my, my thought was, okay, you got to work the draft, and, you know, you got to get the right player, but you can't overexpand. You know, you, you got to get them right exactly at the right value, which through the years I've kind of abandoned that notion. It's kind of absurd because let me underscore the point. Let's take some players and say – Put him up a, a, a round or two. Let's take Bobby Wagner. If you just spend a first rounder on Bobby Wagner, if you spend a third rounder on KJ Wright instead of a fourth, if you spend a, a fourth or hell, go to a first on uh, Cam Chancellor and, and Richard Sherman instead of the fifth rounder. I mean, we can go on and on. The point is, get the right players. And right, then if, right. if later somebody says, you know, you got the right player, but you could have you could have been a little more coy and a little bit more cute, and you could have worked back, hey, you know what, they, they do enough of that trading back. Um, you know, it, it's far more important, I guess, is my takeaway, to get the right players than to maneuver the draft exactly at the right spot. Hugh, let's let's do this, especially with the first few picks. Who you know the guys that were selected, you know, up until about the you know fourth round, fifth round. Let's just go through and, and let me get a comment from you on e- on each one of these guys because now you've had, I mean, one when we're asking you your opinion, you know, this past weekend, and you've seen the majority of these guys, especially in the first round. Um, but you you get a chance now over the weekend to kind of you know uh, be able to uh, ingest a lot more information on these guys. So obviously, let's start with Rashad Penny, first round pick, twenty uh, seventh uh, overall. Uh, your thoughts on that selection? Well, first of all, there's no doubt in my mind that the majority of the league thinks it was a little high to reach, uh, you know, to get him in the first round. Now, when I watch the tape, I see a first rounder. I see a guy that when they put put him uh, seven yards behind the ball and they run the power in the gap scheme plays uh, on the uh, where, where he has to follow that lead guard from the backside. I think he's got a great instinct for that. He's got great acceleration. He can see the block before it takes place. When he runs the zone block in the outside stretch, I think that he's got more than adequate speed and, and good instincts in that regard. I think all of his kick returning abilities show his prowess in the open field. I mean, um, Gas, you remember – uh, Gail Sayers, you know, maybe the greatest broken field runner of all time. I mean, I'd be stupid to compare him in that regard. But when you watch how how uh, uh, electric he was in the open field, I mean, he, he took the opening kickoff against Arizona State back, and nobody touched him. And so, as John Snyder said, he just has incredible spatial awareness 
and you see that. So I think that this guy has an ability to hit a home run because he has that great vision and feel. I, I really like that pick. Well, and again, we can we can look back and say the last few years they haven't been as good as they were the first few years they were here in terms of, of talent selection in the draft. That being said, at some point you got to cast your lot with these guys. I said to Puck on Friday, you, you know, there's no one on earth right now who knows more about Rashad Penny than the Seahawks people who were involved in that draft pick, and they love what they see. Are, are, do you worry at all about the competition? People bring up Arizona State, but then, come on, there was a lot of games that, that, that the competition wasn't that good. Or, or do you think the Mountain West is, is a good enough test that if a guy can do it there, then let's not worry about who he was doing it against? No, I mean, you look at this, what was he, up, up over seven yards per rush attempt. When I watch a tape, it's pretty weak competition. Uh, there's a substantial difference. For example, Geis w- would have been a guy, the LSU back would have been a guy that you would have uh, considered there. And, and there's just, this is a drastic difference. Obviously, the SEC, the best uh, versus Mount West. But, you know what, let's look on the bright side. He took fewer hits. He took fewer ferocious <laughs> hits. And that's one of the... Uh, the uh, the the selling points on Penny is that he had just this great durability uh, grade on him, and he was able to you know line up and play. Every, you know, in part maybe because he was in a slightly less uh, formidable conference. Um, you know, and, and and a quick note on Geis because there was so much thought that he would be kind of a Marshawn Lynch type guy, and I know we spent a lot of time in the, our draft coverage, uh, you know, talking about him. I think that there's some issues about character there, and I think that that uh, in light of some of the character issues that have brought, been brought to light, you know, there's questions about Geis's, you know, you know who his friends are, and, and just kind of his his choices in that regard. Without getting into a lot of that, I think that what happened with Penny is his his character just was so sterling that that it it really jumped to the forefront, and so maybe maybe most of the league thought he was a second rounder. I think the tape plus his character, I think it bounces up the first round. I feel great about it as a Seahawks fan. All right, uh, Hewan, they did not have a second-round pick. So in the third round, and this was a trade. They were at 76. They traded down to 79. Uh, Rasheem Green, the defensive end out of USC. Yeah, I, I, I'm not really high on that. I'm going to have to be convinced. I, I watched UCLA. I watched uh, I watched Notre Dame. I watched Stanford. Uh, did not think much of them against UCLA or Notre Dame. Uh, it just seemed like the motor wasn't kicking as, as as much as it should. I mean, it looks great on the hook. This was a five-star recruit. In many ways, if if you want to be cynical or, or, or a little bit concerned, it, it might hit the pattern, fit the pattern of of what we've seen from USC players for decades. You know, that maybe just, you know, all talent, uh, the 10 on the talent meter, and maybe, uh, you know, I, I just got to see a little bit more on the effort. There were just times that I, I felt like he came off the ball and he was ready to go, and he just didn't have an over, over, overwhelming desire to get active in the play. Um, now, that's a that's a first preliminary look. I, you know, I'm going to look at more of him. But right now, I certainly see the talent. You can't deny double-digit sacks, making first-team All-Pac-12. I just think that he's got a little bit more. I hope that his uh, his engine and his competitiveness matches talent. Do, do you factor in at all, and this really isn't, I mean, you're saying something completely different from this, but he was in somewhat of a, for, for, especially by USC standards, a chaotic situation down there with all the changes that that program went through over the, the last few years. 
Do you factor that in at all, or is motor motor? It shouldn't matter really if there's a change at the top. If if you're if you're a guy who really goes at the snap, then that that shouldn't matter. You, we talk about factoring in character. Do you factor in those other things as well when you're looking at a guy and going, look, potentially when we get this guy into our program and we got some stability, he's going to get great. Uh, well, that's some of the same discussion we had with Malik McDowell last year, where his his, as it were, sophomore year was so good because he had great people around him, and Michigan State made a long run, and then the next year they were down, and they really lost, and he, he lost all his, uh, all his teammates moved on, and, and he kind of struggled personally and, and uh, with the fortunes of the team. You know, Gas, with, with Clay Helton down there, they were coming off a, a, an epic Rose Bowl win against Penn State. Uh, they were in the, the running all through the season. I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna um, give him a pass in that regard. Uh, I, look, I, I'm not saying that that uh, it's not gonna play out the way Seattle wants it. They, they're gonna put him at the five technique where where he doesn't have to be a ferocious edge rusher because I don't see that kind of twitchiness with him. I think the five technique, meaning the outside say to the tackle usually flanked by that Sam linebacker um, to his outside so he doesn't have that, that edge dominance um, expectation of him. Uh, I think that's the right place for him. I just, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to jump on and say I'm wild about the pick mm-hmm. because I look at the tape and, and, and the tape doesn't make me wild about the pick. Uh, Hugh Millen joining us here on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline, Puck and Gas, breaking down the, uh, the picks over, over the weekend. I was instructed not to bring up the peanut butter and jelly uh, sandwiches consumed, <laughs> so we'll, we'll save that for another day. I, I want to know if the well, pun is right footed or left footed. I did not pee on the PB&Js at the... At the <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I was. I, I was. Left that oh, standing gas. Yeah, I was. I was massively disappointed in your performance over yeah. the weekend, but that's fine. Have, have you looked at enough film to tell me if Michael Dixon is left-footed or right-footed? That's all I want to know. Which way does he kick? That's all. I'm not asking. Hugh, I'm not asking for much for well, crying out you loud. You know, gas. He can do things with a football that no one's ever been able to do before. I'm wondering what is that? What does he Ooh, do yeah, with that football is, that no one has ever done before? That's intriguing. Is this like Phil Mickelson? Can he do trick shots? Like, can he kick it behind I guess. his head, like like sixty yards? That'd be pretty cool. I'll tell you what, I'd be down there yeah. every Sunday watching if I thought that was yeah. going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get, I want to get back to him in a second, but I want to go uh, fourth round. They take uh, the tight end out of Washington, uh, Will Disley, who obviously you uh, you you know quite well because of, of watching uh, Washington football every single weekend. You know, two, it had to be at least two years ago. I remember when I first really discovered this guy, and I, and I was watching him, it was an end zone copy of the Huskies. My memory is that uh, the Huskies were going to the lake, towards the lake, and I must must have watched this guy 15 times on a rewind, 20 times, and I just looked at his frame, and I looked at his technique, how he was blocking. And I remember just going, you know what? And I started looking at more of him, and I remember going on the Hawks show saying, this guy is just a premier blocker, and you look at his frame. Oh, my gosh, he's just absolutely uh, – you know, I think the word is uh, mesomorphic. You know, he's he's a muscular dude, uh, perfect frame for tight end to be able to handle the edge, and uh, loved him as a blocker at, uh, at the Huskies. And of course, I had you know a, a, a better chance to look at him. But I think this is a statement. Fourth round, uh, how how serious the Seahawks want to get after this running game? You can't do it for that reason alone, but it's kind of cool when they find themselves in a position of need and the guy that's answering the bell 
is a Husky. I mean, you can, that, that, that's a neat thing. Again, when people say they should draft nothing but Huskies, well, that's obviously not going to happen. But but there is something, Hugh, for somebody like you who is so tied to the University of Washington, who covers the Seahawks, this is, there's nothing wrong with this. If this guy fills the need, it's actually a real big plus. It's a big plus because the assumption is, look, the guy chose Washington. So you just assume... Now, you know, you, you, you could throw at me, well, may, maybe he wants to change the scenery. But by and large, it, you, you take nine out of ten, whether it's Huskies or whatever, if you get drafted to the local team, you know, ten minutes away from uh, you, you know where you play college, that's a positive. And now a guy walks into the facility and he's just, he's on fire to be a Seahawk. That is something you can generalize that most college players, when they get drafted the way Will did, are going to uh, – approach their uh their first professional experience what well, what's the commentary though i mean they, they just spent what two years ago a pretty high draft pick on nick vanette and i remember listening to these guys talk after the selection of nick vanette and i went and read some of the stuff this morning i'm i'm reading a lot of the same stuff about what a great blocking tight end he was and he's nfl ready body he's going to come in and contribute right away now you can look at it two different ways that okay they they clearly one, do they can they properly evaluate tight ends? Two, hey, listen, they maybe may, they made a mistake with Nick Vanden a couple of years ago, and they're going to write it right away and get Will Disley, which I guess would be a positive of them understanding. Hey, it didn't work out with Nick Vanden, so let's get another guy. Yeah, you can't be paralyzed, but that's an excellent question, Puck. I mean, it's a fair question because you're right. Vanette was drafted around the same area, some some of the same qualities. Just by by eyeball, I think Disley just has a little bit more. Uh, I don't know, just power in his frame, but uh, I, I, you know, I, I'm going to have to compare them together. Now, the other part of it is that there's nothing wrong with playing with two tight ends, and I, I don't think the book is closed on Nick Vanette, but I think there is a little bit of a commentary. I, I think I think it's fair to say if Nick Vanette had grabbed this this blocking tight end position, that there would have been less of a need for a guy like Disley. But there, there's room for both of them. But uh, uh, and, you know, now you, you see, hey, can Disley be a receiver uh, as a tight end at the professional level? I think that'll be his next challenge. I, I don't know if there's anything you can add to Shaquem Griffin's story other than how, how can you not love everything about this up to and including, by the way, he can play. He's a really good player, so it isn't just a feel-good story. Uh, this is This is neat. Brothers reunited, twins reunited, and a guy who plays without a left hand. You know... If you can't get misty-eyed and and feel all of the uh, the, the sensational feelings that you ought to be feeling uh, about the story, right? Just go to go see your cardiologist, please. You know, you know. I mean, this is so doggone cool. In fact, before he got drafted, around the third or fourth round, we spent so much time talking about Shaquem Griffin that I remember five times in that conversation going, are we talking too much about a guy that hasn't even been drafted and, you know, has in theory a one in 32 chance of, of coming to the Seahawks. Here's what I love about it. You say, what can I add to it? Probably nothing, but I would say the inspiration that he is going to provide in that, that, locker room in that weight room when people are feeling sorry for themselves you know i mean guys forget there's guys their age that are getting cut up in wars right for a lot less money than what they're making and sometimes you know the nfl athlete can feel kind of pampered and woe is me this and that and and you know 
they don't even know that that uh, the collective bargaining agreement has 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 slashed the amount of uh, contact and and the uh, degree of difficulty of the of the uh, training camp. But with this Shaquem Griffin and he the way he attacks life, and uh, I, I just can't help believe that every single Seahawk. That even all they have to do is just glance his way and see his approach. And every other Seahawk, I think, is at least nominally a better football player today because that guy's going to be in the locker. That's, that's, that's a great addition. Great yeah, point. Absolutely. All right, I got about uh, sixty seconds left. That, yeah. The uh, the thoughts of of taking a punter before you take an offensive lineman. Well, I'm going to just go straight uh, straight logic on this thing. First of all, um, one postulate: punters are important. They're really important. There's hidden yeah. yards in there. So, so are fifth round picks. When you consider Cam Chancellor and Richard Sherman uh, were fifth round picks. So, my net net, I have no idea what this guy's going to do. He's worth a fifth rounder if they're if he is appreciably better than the next best option. If you could have got a guy almost as good or what have you, and I assume that you're trying to save money with with uh, with Ryan. Uh, there there is an argument to be made for spending a fifth round pick on a punter, but that punter better be really good. And I know he led the nation and all. Um, We'll see. Uh, You know, I don't think the the words trade up and punter have ever been included in the same sentence. (laughs) So um, just, just, just that fact alone makes me, whoa. But uh, look, if the guy, if the guy can grab all those hidden yards, and expose those yards so all of us Seahawks fans as Neil fights, we can we can look and say, oh, you know what, I see his impact on the game over four quarters by what he does. If that's the case, then he's worth the fifth rounder. But boy, oh boy, he better be a lot better than the next best option. He's a Ray Guy award winner, Hugh. Well, yeah, he, he, <laughs> he's, he's the best. Now, now, did the Ray Guy award winner, is he 1% better than the next guy or the next 10 guys? Well, or that's why we have you 20%. on. <laughs> that's if he's why we... 20% better than the, all the rest, then he's worth a fifth-round pick. If he's 1% better than 15 other dudes, then he's not. So let's just see how it plays. So I'll accept it in theory, but boy, oh boy, he better be good. Yeah, Ray Guy was selected in the first round. Yeah, come on. We, we're, the, we're sitting here talking about this kid. Overall pick. We're sitting here talking about this kid, and we're looking on the TV, and they got a, a kangaroo kicking some guy yeah. right in the middle. Of, you know, so maybe like, that's what he's going to do. Maybe this guy's an Aussie kangaroo kind he's of guy. Gonna you kick, know, he's going to punt, run down, and he's going to start just kicking people in the nads on his way down to touch the football inside the five yard line. Hey, hey, you trade up to the third round for him. Uh, I, mean, well, I like this guy better than the the, the, yeah. the end from SC. He wasn't a third round uh, guy. Hey, real, real. Uh, this is probably something not something you can do real quick. But when you got you got drafted in 86. Did they bring you down? I mean, things have changed so much. Were you down in L.A. right away? Did you do a news conference at all? What, what was it like? Immediately, yeah. No, yeah. And not only did they bring you down, but it was like, uh, um, you're living here. And, uh, you know, forget forget school. You can finish up later. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, which those rules have changed. Now you have to... Uh, you know, graduate your 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 class, or, or you can't have the players until the graduating class graduates. So, mm. uh, no, it, it it was a little different, but um, man, that seems like another life ago. Yeah, third round right. to the to the Rams, and and I was delighted. I was going to the uh, play with Eric Dickerson, the the guy I was most in. I played with ninety three Pro Bowl players 
uh, John Elway, Troy Aikman, and, and Dan Marino among them. I had unbelievable respect for those guys. But the the one guy, one team that I ever was in awe of, my rookie year, stepping into a mini camp huddle two you know two days after the draft and handing the ball off to Eric Dickerson, that was surreal because he was not far. He was like I think one year removed from that twenty one oh five year, and he was you know about six months removed from the two hundred fifty six yard playoff record against the Cowboys. I mean, he was, he was, that was right in the prime of his career. That was so cool. Hugh, you're the best yep. man. A great work this weekend. Get some sleep and uh, we will, we, we won't bug you for the, for the next few weeks. All right. Well, I yeah, may, I'm, I'm not, I'm not on that train. I may bug him. I'll call him right now. Let's call him again. I got more <laughs> questions. Call me anytime, guys. All right. Thanks,